This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick, and it's time for this week's Matchups episode with co-host Frazier Tafar. Frazier, how you doing? Doing good, Ken. Coming off an instant classic against LA this Sunday and seeing how they follow that up against Sunday night match with the Jaguars. One of the really great games, that's for sure. Now, the, the Ravens' previous win over San Diego does not look that good today after San Diego <laughs> got beat 63-14 to 14 by the Raiders. 63-14, 63 63-21? 63-21. Yeah, 63-21. It's a pretty ugly one-sided <laughs> win either way. But Brandon, uh, Brandon Staley and Telesco, also their GM, also got fired today. Not surprising. Just happened about 10 minutes ago before we were recording. Um, would you want any part of Brandon Staley as a positional coach or a coordinator if the Ravens had a position available? I think his background is DB, isn't it? Yeah, he's and uh, on the defensive side of the ball, he's been been the coordinator for in other cases. He's still really he's the defensive play caller right now for the Chargers. So, you know, presumably he would he would stay in that kind of a mold. I think he's he's demonstrated very clearly some lack of important head coaching characteristics yeah. in terms of blowing up at the podium. Yeah, I think. Uh... If you're trying to ask me, is he a good replacement for Mike McDaniel? I mean, Mike McDonald? No, I don't think that could work out. Maybe you don't see a lot of head coaches kind of take a couple steps back and be an assistant coach, even as a DB assistant coach. That would probably be more of his suit trying to, you know, work his way back up to head coach. That would be helpful. But on the Ravens, I don't think there's a space for Stanley. All right. Well, fair enough. Staley is Staley is out here. I, I don't think there's a place either. I think just in terms of how he reacts to things, it's just not very positive. Obviously, taking him out of that pressure situation probably makes him a little better, but mm-hmm. I don't see any compelling reason, honestly, to hire him. And the things that he really did well as a game manager, as a head coach, was being very much on the cutting edge of analytics in terms of, mm-hmm. of pushing the, the football math to, to a great degree. 
Um, I just, I, I think you can replicate that without having to that be the feature you're hiring a head coach for. So um, I, I hope that the chargers look at this and say, you know, the guy we really want is Anthony Weaver, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, but that's our own selfish reasons in in doing that. Yeah. That would definitely help us up with the competitory pick, but uh, yeah. I think chargers have opportunity to really change their whole franchise. I think they've had a, they've had this stigma around them that they're very average. Can't get over the hump. I think they have opportunity to really rebuild though. We'll see how they do that, and if it uh, if it involves a, a Ravens coach in any way. Either either way, it was a coaching vacancy that was going to be open at year end. Yep. It's just open a little early, so in this case, they they may be he the Ravens may be asked to interview McDonald early on you know by the Chargers. In which case, honestly, I think they ought to refuse until the end of the year, and then when Black Monday comes and a whole bunch of coaches are gone the the the, the day after the season. Then they could let him interview at that point, I suppose, with a bye week before the playoffs. Yep. But I, but you know, focus is going to have to be at a high level for this coaching staff and this team going into the postseason. Yeah, and I don't want to say that was a factor in the 2019 loss, but I don't. Uh, let's be realistic. I think if you have opportunity to coach somewhere else, I think it does creep into your mind while you're getting ready for the task at hand. Right. Right. All right. Well, anyway, uh, let's talk. Let's look ahead to the Jags to Sunday night. We have some some uh, an interesting situation because the Jags now have kind of reduced their hold on the AFC South, which seemed like an absolute lock yeah. two weeks ago, to a very tenuous grip with both the Colts and, and Texans just one game behind. Now they're both seven and six. The Jags mm-hmm. are eight and five, and um, they are the Jags are fortunate that the Texans have and, and Texans have significant injury issues that include CJ Stroud. I don't know yep. where he is in position to play this week or not. He's um, not. He's not going to play. Did he? Was he, he out all week? Yeah. At the their head coach said it's looking like it's getting better, but he hasn't cleared protocol, so I doubt it. That's why it was so important for the Ravens to have this late bye week to get Matt Abike back on the field. Um, it probably would mm-hmm. not have happened because clearing in one week is now something that it's actually probably a little bit less likely to happen than not. So you don't want to be without a key player. And uh, and obviously the Colts have their own set of issues with injuries, um, and including they're, they're, they're using a backup quarterback pretty much for the whole season in, in Gardner Minshew. But um, it's a group that uh, um, either one of those teams, if they play well down the stretch, has a chance to uh, outlast the Jaguars, who, who look like they could really be unraveling right now. It's kind of sad because uh, you always see as Trevor Lawrence as one of these best quarterbacks in the league, and it really hasn't panned out for him. And I personally like Doug Peterson. He's a good coach, a uh, good play caller. It's a uh, Ravens centric. It's great to see them kind of go through this debacle at the end of the season. But overall, as an NFL fan, it's kind of tough to see an organization like that kind of go down. I think uh, when they lost Christian Kirk, I think that was a crucial part to their offense going downhill. Yeah, yeah they, they don't have a really top set of receivers anymore, that's for sure. And he was, like Mark Andrews, was was really the receiver that Lawrence liked to look for above all else, and they're, they're a big-time slot receiver. I'll let you kick it off here. Which side of the ball would you like to talk about first? Let's go offensively this week. Uh, my matchup is going to be our tackles versus Trayvon Walker and Josh Allen. Um, last week we saw the Ravens feature a rotation and at both tackles bringing in McCary and, uh, Falele 
in for a handful of series. Reasoning behind that is to get them fresh moving forward in the fourth quarter. I'm curious to see if we continue that same trend because it did seem to work out in their favor against LA. I think uh, going against these bookends and looking into the future with Joey Bosa and Chase Young coming up on the schedule. It's going it, to, to me, it's going to be interesting to see how often they rotate them in and out in the beginning of the game. Cause I think you kind of evidently saw them not in the rotation in the second and third quarter. And then it came up in the fourth. So it's just seeing how they handle Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker with their chipset blocks and bringing in a tight end. Just curious to see how they do that. All right. Well, fair enough. I, I, I think that is a is a big deal. The, the Ravens need to get after what is a very weak Jacksonville secondary. And in order to do that, they're going to have to figure out how to deal with the pass rush. Um, I, I, you know, the, the tackle rotation, I'd actually be surprised if they didn't do it. I think it yeah. will continue at least another week because it was successful. Falele had had one half a quarterback hit allowed in eight snaps. But I think the key thing is he was on for two short series. They didn't try and expand his role to a second series to get Moses more time off. Um, and they had non-overlapping se- series for those two players. So what do I mean? In the first half, McCary played one one series in each half, totaling 14 snaps. And they were not the same series where Fa'alele was replacing Moses on the other side. So part of that has to do with what help in terms of protection they need to give those backup tackles. And trying to keep those guys healthy, I think, was a good part of it. I think there is another thing going on here is that they needed to test the waters to see if Stanley could be more effective playing a reduced snap load. And they didn't really want them to do that. They didn't really want to do that to him only. So I think they they said, okay, you know, they probably called them both in the Harbaugh's office at the same time and said, hey, look, we're going to try something different this week. We're going to have each of you replace for a series in the half. We'll make it non-overlapping series, but you've both been through physical problems this year, blah, 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 blah. Well, we all know Stanley's been the one that's been through a lot more in terms of physical problems since he got injured in 2020. Um, and and it's really it's it's really a case of you know getting him fit and keeping him fit for the playoffs. I think more than is Moses. Moses played very well in this game, playing all but eight snaps. So um, not really an issue from from my perspective on that. I think that, that they basically they did it on both sides because they wanted it to not feel as bad for Stanley. And I think the true beneficiary of this, obviously, Stanley is the main key component, but Falele, I think he was. Whenever he does not F level play is when he's <laughs> anticipating any kind of start. So to keep him in that mindset of you have potential to play and he actually goes through a full week of rigorous practice and rigorous preparation, I think it could bode well moving forward in our tackle search. Well, I, you know, I, I hope that's true because we need to see something out of Falele really the rest of this year or he'll yep. end year three with, you know, nothing in the books, which is kind of where, I mean, he's, he's really behind where Ben Cleveland was. He's never played a good game uh, in his NFL career. He's all his, all his games have been basically scored an F where he's had at least 20 snaps in, in, wow. as I've scored them. So he's, he's had an unbelievable number of sacks allowed in a very relative few number of total snaps. I, I had the, I had this out on a tweet between, um, 22 and 23, just how bad it had been. But he led the Ravens in sacks allowed as I divide them up. And I give fractional sacks wow. 
in last year, and it was like a hundred pass snaps or something he played. I mean, it was just you know nothing. And, and so it's it was a uh, you know it's 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 not a good situation here. And I'm I'm I was originally of the opinion that Falele might have been a guy who could play left tackle at some point. But the the problem is not anything about his physical attributes or even his feet. Um, the problem is all in in his lack of willingness to punch and um, and you know. Do, basically use his physical assets to, to any kind of degree against that opposing pass rusher. And if you, if, if you're not willing to knock the other guy off his plan, then, you know, he, he basically gets to execute it against you, which is, which is not a good thing. So uh, I'm, I'm hoping he he'll show us more. And my theory on that is uh, usually when you have an all-star, doesn't matter what position could be quarterback, left tackle receiver. Usually the person that is in front of them, in this case, Falele, he's kind of mimicking Stanley. And Stanley is not usually a punch and extend kind of guy. He's a catch and anchor kind of guy. Yep. So I guess having having a quote-unquote mentor like Stanley is not benefiting Falele in that sense. So where, where do you put the blame them on Joe D or anybody else who's an assistant offensive line coach or any, anybody else, an offensive coordinator, or whatever, for allowing Falele to continue to play with such a non-physical style? Yeah, I think it's Jody's a very legendary coach. I think that's maybe something he's identified. But to your point, it might just be Falele isn't saying he's not willing to do it is a very harsh thing to say, but it hasn't shown on the field. So I guess that would be the next thing you can say, because right. it doesn't seem like he's taken the progression to where we think Joe D as a coach is able to take him. Mm-hmm. I think it's just a will thing at this point. I mean, honestly, if that's the case, he really needs to invest in himself this off season and go to an offensive line camp where they're going to teach him some of those tricks to be more physical it's it'll just it'll be coming from somebody different i don't know any reason why joe d would not be a good person to learn exactly from, given all the success he's had yeah but it'd just be coming from somebody different to uh, uh to learn about that and maybe maybe the 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 notion stanley is certainly is a give ground to mirror left tackle as i call it which very much catch an anchor is is a way to think of that he he He's perfectly happy to give ground. In fact, this last game, I, I scored him for four pressures in the game. PFF had him for one, by the way. But he was basically allowing the cone to be impeded a lot. Yep. Um, I, I I still want to see better from him. I still think there's another level. And this was probably his second best game of the year, honestly. It's a C game. It's probably the second best game he's played all year. Um, I, I do want to see I, I do want to see more from him. And I also think that that the getting McCary additional snaps if you might have to move to McCary at some point for reasons of injury or reasons of ineffectiveness, whatever it is, um, is not an unreasonable thing to continue with. And McCary was okay. He wasn't, you know, he didn't stand out all over the place. He was just okay. But um, but you might have to move to him if, if Stanley can't improve his level of play. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
Um, I, I did I did want to say, I don't think the Ravens can abandon the run in this game, but I do expect more of their offense to come from Lamar running the ball out of passing formations. And so they had a lot of that, obviously, in this last game where Lamar uh, was his widely elusive self um, getting away from the uh, the Rams pass rush. I think we'll see more of that against the Jags, and I think he'll be um, Lamar will be taking off for, uh, uh, for some runs. And it'd be interesting to see how they – hold him down with spies and how Lamar is able to able to manipulate spies uh, because the longer the routes are run, I think the more effective the Ravens will be at, uh, uh, at um, uh, making extended plays and whatnot. So anyway, we had, a, we had a great game. We had a great game where we saw extended routes run because of the wetness of the field and the lack of get off of those pass rushers, basically allowing full routes to be run. When you get to the top of the stem and there's a nice break allowed by that receiver, um, big advantage in terms of gaining separation there. And uh, Lamar really got the benefit from that this last week. And hopefully uh, more of that will come uh, this week with some uh, uh, max protect uh, that the Ravens are capable of throwing on, whether that means a hill or um, uh, Ricard or the tight ends um, adding chip or set blocks to that edge protection. And something that really had me excited this week was, or last week against LA, was um, some of those spread out concepts that we talked about where it's just pretty much running people off to make space for the running back to extend Mm -hmm. the running play. Those things can really help Lamar in the sense of bringing up the defensive backs, making them play short. And last week was very encouraging to see Lamar push the ball. I think last week was probably the most he's pushed the ball downfield all year. And if it wasn't for that Bateman uh, or the underthrow to Bateman, he would have had a hell of a game Mm because that was the only pick he had. Um, that I just, probably should have been a complete also. The the other one I didn't like was the one to Beckham where he almost drifted the off. ball. Yeah, he drifted the ball back towards the middle of the field when it should go to the outside of the field where Beckham had a lot more room. Yep. So it was a uh, overall, it was nice to see him push the ball downfield. I think some of the things that I was expecting expecting from Munkin, scheming up people wide open, like that Isaiah likely touchdown, there mm-hmm. wasn't anyone in the screen when he caught the ball. Mm-hmm. So Continuing to see that kind of success in the scheme and then marrying that with uh, pass protection and bringing in your chip block sets and things of that nature, I think we can continue to see these performances from the offense. Hopefully hopefully you have another big game from Lamar here. And obviously the Jacksonville secondary is really their defensive weakness. They, they, they play the run pretty well, so it'd be nice to see them get uh, exposed in this game. Flip it over the defensive side. Uh, what, what do you want to see? On the defense, I want us specifically on the defensive right, offensive left, mm-hmm. to see how we attack their side. They have lost their left tackle, and they have a replacement left tackle in. From center to right tackle, they have all their starters in. So I think for us to unleash VK and Owe on that side, is going to be crucial not only for us to win the game, but for their development moving forward. We obviously we obviously know Matt BK is on his way to a contract year. He's performing out of his mind, but still waiting for that true breakout game from Oway, and I think he really has the opportunity this year. 
Blake Hance. I'm sorry. Blake Hance, the left tackle, played 52 snaps last week and got a 0.0 pass blocking grade from PFS. So that's a, that's a nice red flag there for the Ravens to start get some first pressures on that side. Four hits and four hurries he allowed. So he's a, he, you know Lawrence is a, a guy you really want to protect from getting hit at this point in the season. Yep. But uh, uh, you know he's uh, he definitely allowed him to be knocked all over the place. And then their left guard is is Tyler Shatley. Um, interesting name there, but uh, <laughs> but also uh, had problems. In, how much has he played this year? Um, well, he really hadn't played very much since week eight. He'd been he'd been riding the pine. He, he was terrible early in the season. Um, not a good pass blocker. Not a good run blocker. Um, it, just very very little to like about him. He's been around the league for a long time. All with Jacksonville. Uh, this is his tenth year uh, with Jacksonville, um, and he's never been all that good. But he's always been a backup lineman, so they haven't really had to have him play too much. Uh, but anyway, he's he's very vulnerable at left guard as well. So it should be a, a pair of guys they should go after. Uh, I I think you had mentioned that Matabike and Owe would be two to really take advantage of him, particularly if you can if you can line up Matabike as a three tech one on one versus Shatley, right? Exactly. Yep. Yeah. And then have Owe one on one on the outside with the tackle. Yep. Yeah, that would that be would, if you if you can slant scenario. if you could slant it that way. Of course, they can uh, they can put a tight end on that side. They can down block. They can do lots mm-hmm. of things to to make that more difficult. But um, but anyway, you you you, uh, uh, you we hope for the best. We try and scheme it scheme it up for singles for our best pass rocker pass blockers. They of course try and uh, our pass rushers. They of course try and avoid that, and uh, and we'll see how that dance plays out. I did you have something more to say? I'm sorry. Yeah, I did have one thing about um, making sure that we take advantage of the poor run blocking overall that Jaguars have. ETN is a special running back. He makes a majority of the runs out of his own spacing. I think the Ravens have to be dialed in on tackling this game. Uh, I think we did a pretty good la- pretty good job last game. Kyron Williams did have a couple explosive runs, especially in that first drive, and then one more after the second half. But Travis Etienne is such a difference maker that he potentially can be the Jaguars' whole offense if we can get pressure on Lawrence. So we have to make sure that we can tackle Etienne and take advantage of this weak rushing uh, blocking. One of the nice things about taking the run game out of the opponent's strategy is to just score some points. If you score some points on offense, then you you, you probably won't have that point. And Etienne is a great player. Um, what I'd say is I'd, I'd really like the Ravens not to get away from what has been their winning strategy overall by getting away from from starting with cover two and rotating out of that into whatever they want to do in a play. Disguising coverage has been very effective that way, and it will keep Trevor Lawrence from throwing the ball deep a lot on the Ravens. I think he'll throw a lot of, of uh, short passes. I think there's already a predilection from that mm-hmm. with the weakness they have on the offensive line, with Lawrence's injury. They probably want the ball out of his hands as quickly as possible. This game, as opposed to others, he's usually pretty quick, by the way. He's a really quick trigger anyway. Mm-hmm. But but if, you're, if, you, if you really want to figure out how you take Travis Etienne out of the game, well, just score some points, and, and that'll do it. It's, I, obviously, that's... 
what they're trying to do anyway, but right. it's a it's a great solution. Um, I, I think if you if you force Lawrence to play small ball, period, it's generally going to be a good thing. You have the Ravens' cornerback responsibilities be reduced in in terms of what they do, as they have been all this season. And then I I test him with blitzes for his mobility. Lawrence is a guy in the past whose mobility has played a, a significant role in the Jaguars being effective against the Ravens. Um, but I'm, I'm hoping in this game, this is one where. Um, with he, with the problems he's got with his legs that he's not going to really want to be um, off and running, you test him with a blitz, he throws the ball away for an incomplete pass. So that's what I'm, I'm, what's what I'm hoping to see in this game. Yeah, and then getting home with four would be the cherry on top, in my opinion, as it always is. But one way that they could attack is if they overload the left side of the offensive line, having... Pierce head up on the center and then having three tech with Matabike head up and then having a uh, away on the outside. I think that's another way to really attack because center can't help on Matabike and there's no help for the tackle. So it's pretty much everyone's on an island except for the chip if it's there. So mm-hmm. if we can get home with four in those kind of scenarios without sending pressure, maybe simulating having Roquan and PQ at the line and then backing out into coverage, I think those scenarios might work best in this case because of the incompetency of the left side. This will be a lot of fun to watch. Um, I, you know, the, the, the Jaguars seem to be, we're catching them at, at probably a pretty good time right now for the Ravens. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and hopefully this is a, this is a case where the Ravens go into what would have been a very tough road game. One of the toughest games of the year. And they're, they're going in as a three and a half point favorite. Um, versus one of the teams they they very well may have to play again in the playoffs. Uh, if if everything goes as expected in the first round, um, well, I don't know. I, I don't know what I mean by that comment. Right. Buffalo <laughs> may be favored to go into Jacksonville and kick their asses too, uh, which is something I really would not want to see. Yeah. Um, but uh, but it'd be great to great to be facing Jacksonville again in January in Baltimore. Yeah, definitely don't want to see Buffalo. I think they're definitely the hottest team in football if they get keep going because they just came off the win against KC, and that's got to be a confidence booster for Josh Allen. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, I, I we have to think of the Ravens in this light at some point. They've, you know, they've won what six out of seven now. Yeah. Uh, it's this is a this is a, a team that is appears to be peaking at the correct time. They're going to need to, you know, finish taking care of business over the course, hopefully of the next three weeks. Cause all three weeks, if they, if they win the next three games, they don't even have to worry about number four. They've got the number one seed locked up. Yep. So uh, it'd be really nice if they, uh, if they can do that. Uh, I'm all for getting two weeks of rest for this team, uh, which has, you know, obviously some nagging things going on on the offensive line. Even if you don't do it for everybody, just do it for Stanley Lamar, one series, one Moses and a half series out of yeah. there. Yeah. Moses out of there. Um, you got guys on the defense who are who are working through injuries. Maybe Humphrey Pierce out of there. A lot of the yeah. Bets. That you know that'd be a good bet. Taking yeah. Pierce out of there. Maybe maybe play Matabike thirty snaps instead of fifty. In Travis that, Jones in that final have game. Them take over the whole game. Yeah, I yeah. think uh, I'm hoping that Steelers game doesn't mean anything for your point exactly. It's just hoping that Russ doesn't catch up during that playoff game. That's the only thing. That rust does not catch up. You know, another thing that I don't think a lot of people are talking about right now, the Ravens may have an enormous vested interest in losing that game and ditching it intentionally to the Steelers to if it keeps Buffalo out. I mean, right. literally, it could be a case of Buffalo's in. I'm sorry, Pittsburgh is in and, and Buffalo's out. Well, the Steelers just became our best friends at that point. 
Yeah, uh, I would we, definitely rather face the Steelers as the bottom seed in the second round for yeah. sure. And even even if it means giving Kansas City a relatively early game, let's see let's see Kansas City goes on and wins the number two seed, which I think is still reasonably likely. Could be Miami, but yeah. let's say let's say let's say Kansas City goes on and wins the wins the number two seed. Um, it, it would really be nice to see Kansas City play Pittsburgh in the first round. Um, even probably even more so. I mean, it'd be nice to have Kansas City out, but I don't want to. I don't. I don't think I want. I think Buffalo is a better team than Kansas City. I don't want them in the playoffs if it, yeah. it can be avoided. Very true. I think them and Houston, if Houston gets healthy and Stroud comes back as he normally is, I think those are the two teams that are wild cards that could be very dangerous. All right. All right. Always a pleasure doing this show with you, Frazier. Tell folks where they can talk football with you online. You guys can find me at Twitter slash X at F underscore R-A-V-E-8. That's F underscore Rave 8. All right. Outstanding. Other folks out there, if you'd like to be on a film study short, hit me up with a DM on Twitter. They're always open. I'll get back to you very quickly. Whatever you're passionate about is what I'd like to have a talk with you about. And uh, I promise I'll get back to you quickly. We'll, 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 we'll boil down your idea into a nice kernel that can be talked about in 15 to 20 minutes and provide some additional shorter content that will introduce people, hopefully, to film study. Uh, and the idea that, that it's not a, uh, a big barrier to be on a, on a film study short either. So looking for people who just are good fans. You don't have to be you know, a mathematical wizard. You don't have to be a Ph.D. We have had some of that on the show, obviously. But, <laughs> but you don't have to be coming up with your own you know, new, new method for anything specifically. Just something you're passionate about. For Frazier Defar, this is Ken McCusick saying goodbye, and we'll talk to you next week on Matchups. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.